0: But uh, listen, uh, Dan, you want to just open in prayer with us uh, today?
1: Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you so much, Father, for giving us everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you for your son, the gift of, of eternal life that's amazing. It's just amazing that you would do so much for us. You've created us and then you've given us a way out when the enemies come against us. And we bless you for that, Father. Um, I pray that you would bless our brother Kenny as he brings the word to uh, encourage, to challenge, to push us to love and good works, Father, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done in each of us individually and corporately. And ultimately, Father, that your goodness would be poured out on those who are dying and and facing life in eternity without you unless they hear the truth, Father. Bless uh kenny and his wife and daughter and their ministry uh be with jerusalem father we pray for the shalom the shalom of jerusalem for jerusalem, your city jerusalem father and we thank you that you are working all things together for the good of those who love you we bless you jehovah and we thank you in Yeshua's name amen
0: amen hallelujah thank you dan what a blessing Thanks. yeah thank you father Yeah. Oh, just take a big deep breath, everyone. We're reading the book of Jeremiah. Yeah. Why? Because there's just so much heaviness in in what we see within uh, the pages of Jeremiah. You know, you've got two choices. You can either get depressed (laughs) or you can weep. (laughs) And Jeremiah, you know, what did he choose to do? He chose uh, to weep. He chose to get in that place where... He ministered from the place of love. And that's what I want you to get hold of uh, right now as we uh, spend time just going through these scriptures, that we understand that Jeremiah's heart was a heart of love towards the people. So even though the word was strong, it wasn't delivered with a spirit of arrogance. And, you know, we've got to be careful as we read the word and we look at what's going on around us uh, in the land of Israel and, you know, within the nations as well. And, and really, as we're going through this, these portions of Scripture, I really think there's some incredible nuggets within these pages that we really have to get a hold of. Because what we witness in Jeremiah's message and his prophecies, what we see is we see, we see that they come into the presence of Yehovah. Like everything's good. Like, what's your problem with me, God? You know, uh, you know, you're not answering my prayers, you're not listening to me, we're not doing what's right. Last week we talked on verse 8 where it talked about the priests did not ask, where is Yehovah? Those who deal with the law did not know me, the leaders rebelled against me, the prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols, but yet they would still come into the presence and think that it would be okay that they could have this double-sided uh, way of living our lives. And, and you know, this is a challenge for us today. And I really feel that one thing I want us to, uh, you know, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to sink within our heart. As, as we read through these pages, we just see how... Uh, That We we do not have the ability to stand right before God in the flesh. And if we didn't have the Ruach HaKodesh, if we didn't have the Spirit, how could we live this life? And today, we've got to identify with the process of how we grow in Messiah. You know, we have many people that are biblically illiterate today. You know, oh, they're born again. They lifted their hands. They prayed the prayer they read a little bit of Bible. Most churches that you go to or most assemblies that you go to, they're just going to bring uh very surface words. Um, it's gonna be like kindergarten Christianity. Uh a lot of the times they're 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 so focused on, you know, there's someone in the audience who's not yet saved, so we're just gonna uh you know spend all of our time trying to get them to make a commitment to Yeshua and just present a very simple message. But the invitation we have as we take hold of the scripture, the invitation we have is to go deeper with him. And uh, as we read Jeremiah and we see what has gone on within their hearts, you know, going back to the beginning of chapter two, it said, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, it said, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. Go and bring this word. It's not an easy word. It's a hard hard word. What did he say? I remember the devotion of your youth. Right. I remember the devotion of your youth. And, 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 you know, sometimes when you're reading through uh, Jeremiah, it's very good to go and also read through the book of Hosea. And go through the book of Jeremiah, then go to Hosea, go through Hosea, come back to Jeremiah, and go through the book of Hosea. Why? Because we just see the heart of love. And this is what I love about the call of Yahovah, especially in the area of evangelism. You know, we're not looking for a job or just something to do for the kingdom. What is the key in the area of evangelism? It's being broken with uh, the love of Yehovah, that we will go out and minister to the brokenhearted, that we will reach out to those that are separated from Elohim and teach others how to minister to the brokenhearted. And of course, that's one of the key things when we look at the offices, uh, you know, we call it the fivefold offices. Um uh you know you have the apostle the prophet the teacher the the pastor um the evangelist these different offices and the and the purpose of the office is not oh there are superstars in in the area of their calling the purpose of those offices is that these are the people who will train us and impart uh, everything that we need for living this life and making a difference for the kingdom and that's what's important so I remember the devotion you had in your youth how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness and of course as we as we read uh, that portion of scripture at the beginning of chapter 2 we see how they were brought out of Egypt how uh, God brought Israel out man he did an incredible work untangling them from the gods uh, of and all of the assignments of uh, satan because you know it, it's that revelation that there was nothing that the devil had held back everything that was in um the the hands of hasatan he poured out on the earth and even put elohim's people into a place of slavery from that place by grace through faith we have been saved it's not by our works but it's by the work of a mighty elohim hallelujah So I kind of didn't know where we got up to yesterday. I think we kind of got up to about verse 17 of chapter 2. But uh, like I said, I want us to really slow down today. I want us to ponder these words. I want us to look at how uh, uh, and what these words mean to us uh, and how we uh, just look at the alignment of our life through the Spirit, it's the Spirit that enables us. You know, many people get broken down because the devil's a liar, and he wants to uh, put ownership of the of the seeds of Satan that he plants within your mind. He wants you to take ownership of it. He wants those seeds to um, be watered and uh, to produce fruit of evil. But we've got to recognize when the enemy is planting those seeds within our lives that we can uproot those seeds, we can take those thoughts captive, we can understand the counsel of the Spirit and how to truly live life in the Spirit. So there needs to be an alignment, and we've got to ask ourselves, how are we coping with be, with, with our spiritual discernment and overcoming the enemy with the challenges that we face? Because as we read through... Uh, these early chapters of Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah is very clear. He's he's like, listen, you had a relationship. You were in that place. You were so blessed. You know, your generations have witnessed what it truly means to walk with the living God. You know, what nation that serves. Uh, false gods, idols, just stones or or wood, or you know uh, temples of of lies. You know they're not changing their gods, but here here is Israel that has the one true God, the living God, which is all about relationship. It's not about religion, and they would rather give up that relationship in the presence of Yahovah to serve false gods to build their own cisterns, you know, what did it say? You've forsaken me. What have my people done? They've committed two sins. What type of sins have they committed? You know, uh, they've dug their own cisterns, right? And uh, uh, you've forsaken me. These are the two key things. So we've walked away from God, but we've also looked at how we bring forth provision for ourselves, so we're not reliant on what it truly means to walk in the spirit and walk in his ways. So in verse 17, uh, just as we go through this a little slower, have you not brought uh, this on yourselves by forsaking Yehovah your Elohim when he led you in the way? Now, why go to Egypt and drink water from the Nile and why go to Assyria and drink water from the Euphrates? So a few verses uh, before, and in, in, in verse ten, it, it was talking about going from the east to the west. Uh, you know, just just doing doing your own thing and following the gods of other nations. And now it's it's talking about going from the south to the north. You know, from the Nile and to the Euphrates, basically to indulge in wickedness to uh, follow false gods, and and it's interesting, you know, some people don't realize this, but the word backsliding is actually in the scriptures, and it's found right here. It says, verse 19, your wickedness will punish you. you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe. For me, so we don't want to lose focus with who he is within our lives, even in the midst of difficult places. You know, you've got to set that. Uh, um, you know, you've got to have that determination. You know what? With all of my heart, with all of my soul, and 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 that's why we shared from Matthew chapter sixteen on the devotion time we had the other day. We talked about, you know, if you want to follow me, you need to take up your execution stake and follow me. The The way that I am walking, Yeshua was teaching us, uh, that's the way I've called you to walk. I'm calling you to walk this journey like I'm walking this journey. Listen, there's going to be evil all around you, but be of good cheer. I have overcome uh, the world. I've overcome the enemy. So we can stand. You know, the world's not going to accept you. They're not going to love you as we start speaking the truth. And that's why all the prophets that had gone before, you know, they were all rejected. But yeah, isn't it amazing how we have the collation of the very prophets that were rejected? They're in the Tanakh. Isn't that amazing? So that means there had to come a time where they recognized, wait a second, we rejected this prophet, but oh, now we recognize how much we need this prophet, how much we need the words that this prophet delivered. And and this truly was uh, the words of Yehovah. This truly was scripture. It was hard to take at the time. But now we recognize the truth and what's our advantage today. Number one, we have the Ruach HaKodesh dwelling within us. We can't live this life on our own, but he will empower us. But number two, that we can go back to the scripture and it's the knowing of the truth that sets you free. We can learn through all of the things that Israel went through and we can use this so that we know how to stand strong. You know, um when we just look at what goes on within the faith environment, we see so many people falling. Uh, we see so many people that are being disgraced. There's ministries here in Israel uh, who have had to change all their leaderships because of uh, problems within those leaders, and within their lifestyles. Uh, and, you know, what does it tell us? It tells us that, You know, people can say the right things with their mouth, but what's happening within their heart? What's going on within their heart? Uh, Don't forsake Yahovah. Don't lose the awe of who He is, declares Yahovah, the Lord Almighty. Verse 19, verse 20. Long ago you broke off your yoke and tore off your bonds. You said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every hill and under every spreading tree, you lay down as a prostitute. Now, you know, as we think about that, breaking off those yokes and those bonds in Leviticus chapter twenty-six, um, it's a uh, it's a powerful portion of scripture. I want to read from verse nine, uh, just to verse thirteen in Leviticus twenty-six. I will look for you with fav- I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your number. And I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eaten last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. I will put my dwelling place among you, and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your Elohim, and you will be my people. Here's the key verse here in verse 13. I am Yahovah your Elohim, who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of the yoke and enabled you to walk with your heads held high. Take a moment and just ponder on this word as uh, as we read this. What's it talking about? Listen, if you will walk in the place of obedience, if you will make a decision, you know what? I'm not going to spend all my time being reactive to everything that's going on around me but I'm going to be proactive. First, I recognize you Yehovah at the center of my life. Where is Elohim concerning your life right now you know and and sometimes all we have to do is just look at what is our prayer language been been like in the last few months you know what's the cry of our heart? how are we responding? to the challenges, to the things that we are facing. And sometimes those cries help us understand where we are at spiritually and mentally in the midst of this walk, in the midst of this journey. And what the Holy Spirit wants us to get to is to recognize, you know, look, that yoke of slavery has been broken off. And you know, this is this is exactly what we go through as born again, amen? I'm born again. I'm not walking in the old. I've come out of Egypt. Amen. That's the whole gospel message coming out of Egypt. You know, I've gone through that Red Sea, I've experienced the mikvah, I've had that immersion as I've gone through. I'm walking through the wilderness, I'm coming to that place where I've got to get Egypt out of me. I've got to get that way of thinking out of me. And yes, there's a process, there's a work that goes on. So it's not a place of being condemned, it's a place of recognizing, you know what, if I was just be obedient. And listen, it doesn't mean, well, you know, if you can master the, uh, you know, 500 steps of, of uh, being the best Torah observant person in the entire world that everything's going to go well for you. You know, that's not the focus. It's about drawing near in the presence of Yehovah. It's not our works that brings deliverance. It's our obedience. You know, obedience is better Then sacrifice. Yes, we need the Torah. Yes, we need the foundation. We need to understand Yeshua and what He has done from the beginning and how He brings us to that place of salvation and that place of deliverance. So long ago, you broke off your yoke, you tore off your bonds, you said, I will not serve you. Indeed on every hill and under every spread and tree, you lay down as a prostitute. What happened? What happened that caused this change? Why, why did you think that you had to uh, do all these things? And, and I tell you, it's, it's almost like it's addictive for the flesh to, to be in charge and to rule. And this is the message of Yeshua. He's like, listen, the key is this, deny yourself. You want to be successful as a believer in Messiah or significant as a believer. You know, we're not, our our our, our focus is not about success. You know, we're not trying to be successful. We're, we want to be significant. We want what we do to make a difference and count. And if that's going to happen, it's because we understand that we have to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Yahovah. So as we go through chapter two of Jeremiah, as we lead into the awful uh, declarations that come even in, in chapter three, uh, you know, obviously um, the Northern Kingdom was already being expelled from the land at the time when Jeremiah is writing these writings. But man, he makes it very clear what took place to the northern kingdom and also what's going to happen to the southern kingdom because they are not submissive to the will and purpose of yahovah they don't want to be yoked to that which is free but they want to be bound Uh, You know, let me me go back to Egypt. Oh, I don't want to be out here. Uh, I don't want to face these challenges. I don't want to go through these tough times. Just, you know, we had, uh, I don't want to eat manna anymore. I'd rather eat the food of Egypt. Just take me back. (laughs) But isn't it amazing when the flesh starts to speak out, it forgets all the bad things and it, it starts to reminisce on all of the things that they used to enjoy that they don't have at the time of crossing over. And you know, that's our focus at Crossing Point. It's about how do we come out of that wilderness into the promised land? How are we in this transition? What does it look like? So you know, you're you're going off you're you're spread out like a prostitute under the trees. I had planted you in a choice vine of sound, reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine. You know, one thing we mentioned last week as well that I just want to, you know, bring out on identifying who we are. It is important that we spend time with others. It's important that we are known with others and we're not just an isolated island because we need the investment of others within our lives. We need to have that time and that ability to pray with others. We need to share with others. We've got to realize that it doesn't matter how long we've been worshiping Yehovah, how long we've been born again, walking in the Spirit, but we need to know the importance of repentance and the importance of Teshuvah, to turn around, because every day there's things that we need to deal with, that we want to be aligned with. So they have this incredible vine, you know, uh, reliable stock, you know, it's the planting of Yehovah, the blessings of Yehovah, they are here, but yet what's happened to them? They've become corrupt. Uh, they're not maintained. They're not witnessing the the blessings and and sometimes when we see events in life, we look at those events in life and 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 we get mad at God and like God, why did you let that happen? Why are you letting this happen? And you know, you see people rising up today, even over what's going on in Israel uh, and Gaza right now. And uh, you know, the children, the children, look what's going on with the children. But instead of blaming. The source of the problem, they want to blame God or they want to blame Israel or blame someone else. You know, how can this happen? How could God allow this to happen? How can uh, any nation do these things against people? Because they, they see the children, but what they fail to forget is that we have been given free will, free choice. And, you know, if you've got people who are corrupt... It doesn't matter how much you love them or how much you care for them from that place of corruption, right? You know, their children can be suffering. Their children can be going through it. So it's not God's problem that they're going through it. It's the corruption and the rebellion of those who have free will and free choice who choose to follow uh, evil. And this is what we see happening with the children of Israel Uh, even Yehovah, what does he have to do? He has to deal with the people and say, listen, if this is how you're going to walk and this is how you're going to live, I've already given you the outline within the Torah and the importance. Listen, you can choose life. You can choose blessing or you can choose curse and you know last week i can't remember what the verse was it'll come to me in a second uh, we talked about that scripture um oh yeah verse 17 you've brought this on yourself you know we talked about that last week you know it's almost like should this be the first verse we read in a place of counseling when someone is recognizing the effects of the sin within their lives and the devastation that's come upon them because of their walk. You've brought this on yourself. Why? You forsake Yehovah. You forsake, you forsook his ways. Here we are in verse 22. Although you wash yourself with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the sovereign Lord. So it doesn't matter what you use within this world the only thing that's going to wash away our sin is the blood of Yeshua. It's the blood of Yeshua. You can't just take the products of this world, whitewash the outside, you know, say amen, hallelujah, right? You know, <laughs> I remember Bracknell, Jerry's there in Bracknell in, in Berkshire. When I, when I was in Bracknell, 17 years old, I stood up in this church and I said to the pastor, You're a wolf in sheep's clothing, and you're having sexual affairs with many women within this congregation. And God says, I'm going to judge you. Man, I tell you, my feet, they never uh, took another step in that church. It was a hole in this church. They came, picked me up, man. They threw me out of that church. Uh, I had my sister's uh, husband's family were all there. They were all like, oh, man, that Kenny Russell, man. Oh, he he is terrible. Look at what he did. That was bad. I went home and the woman of the house is throwing all my stuff out of the apartment. Uh, you know, my CD player, uh, my drawer, she's just tipping them out, all coming down the ivy vine onto the ground. And I'm just picking it up, throwing it in the trunk of the car in the boots of the car, as we call it in the UK. And, you know, all of a sudden I become homeless. I delivered the word, now I'm homeless. I'm like, oh, great, God, was that right? Was that the right thing to do? And it took a few years before it came out in the open, what that pastor was doing. And there it was, a holiness church. On the outside, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Everything looked great. But what was going on on the inside it was another story, and you know we can look at that and go, "Oh man, that's just terrible! That's just terrible!" But I want us to, I, I want us to really uh, take time to ponder and recognize. You know, there there is different ways on how the enemy wants to bring corruption within your life, within my life. It might be the thoughts I have towards someone. It might be, uh, you know. Uh, just how the enemy's been attacking and how much room that I'm allowing for the enemy to manifest uh, those seeds and and those plots of evil, those uh, lusts, those uh, uh, impurities. You know, we've got to identify the enemy is seeking to corrupt you. He's seeking to destroy your faith, destroy your testimony. That's his full-time job. How do I break you? You know, what area can I break you in? And one person might be strong in one area. Another might be strong in another area. And, and you know, you've got to identify where is the enemy seeking to attack you? And in that place of attack, how do we put the guards up? Listen, you've got the shield of faith. You know, we've got the armor of Yahovah that we are called to wear. So don't spend your time trying to wash with soap and, and and use cleansing powders and and different stuff on the outside when in the inside, man, you're 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 going through some terrible stuff. Why? and, and, and then just go praise the Lord, Hallelujah, everything's okay, right? How do we become mature in the spirit and walk within His reality? You know, I had the privilege of work, of working uh, with the lawyers for overturning uh, the, the laws on abortion in the U.S. back in uh, 2001, 2002. And, uh, you know, this is what they said. If the Christians stopped with abortion, all the abortion clinics in America would pretty much be closed because 75 to 80% of all abortions carried out in the U.S.A. alone were carried out by professing Christians uh, who would put on their farms the name of their pastor in their local church. 75-80%. If we just stopped the Christians dealing and operating with abortion, that uh, um, uh, sin would not be carried out. Those clinics would have to close. So there's this whitewashed tomb, this stuff that's going on on the outside, it all looks good. And, you know, listen, it's shocking when we hear people we know that uh, have fallen away or terrible things has happened to them. But, you know, it does say within the scripture, what does it say? Don't put your trust in man. Man will let you down. But put your trust in Yahovah. But what does the the Holy Spirit require of us? He requires of us to go deeper. Don't just live. A casual, uh, a faith life. Don't just live on on this, you know, just enough to get through. That everything's going to be okay. But look at how we become devoted uh, uh, to the love of Yahovah, to embracing Him with the fullness, rather than being entangled with the sin that is seeking to pull you down, seeking to destroy the blessings seeking to rob the rewards that the Father has for you. And listen, we've got choice, but we have the empowerment of the Spirit. You can't do it. I can't do it on my own. But if we don't set ourselves aside and truly press in, right, we're not going to have the ability to stand. You know, another thing the enemy wants to do is get us so busy that we don't have time in his presence. And that's what I love about the early mornings getting up. Why? Because, you know, no one's looking for me at 5 a.m. No one's putting demands on me early in the morning, right? (laughs) Some of you, you know, from the farm life, you're like, well, you don't know. I've got a couple of goats screaming out. (laughs) You don't know, you know, the work that has to go on the farm at at, uh, six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, look, we can have that. Yeah, we can have those challenges within the morning, but it's finding that time, when we can set ourselves aside in the presence of Yahovah, It's where our strength comes from. Verse 23, how can you say I'm not defiled? I have not run after the bales. See how you behave in the valley. Consider what you have done. You are a swift she-camel running here and there. You know, I tell you what, those camels, they stink. And when they're in heat, they stinketh even moreth. <laughs> when they're in heat. You know, there's something about that that just totally stinks. And then a wild donkey accustomed to the desert. You know, what's he doing? Sniffing the wind in her craving. You know, isn't that amazing how much they'll they'll chase after that stink? You know, they're just looking for that stink, that craving for their their lusts, in her heat, who can restrain her? Any male that pursue her need not tire themselves at mating time. They will find her. Man, she's going to be running around, you know, going crazy. Here we are. (laughs) Do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry. But you said, it's no use. I love foreign gods. And this is the heart of it. This is the heart of what's going on. You know, what's the motivation of your heart? You know, has your love gone cold for Yeshua? Uh, Have we become professional in our faith walk? And we've got to rekindle that fire with our investment in the presence of Yehovah. We've got to rekindle that fire. We've got to get to that place where... We understand the living reality of Yehovah. So if we go back a second uh, to uh, uh, verse 23, it says, How can you say, I am not defiled? I have not run after bells'? How can you say? You know, you're talking to Elohim like he doesn't know what's going on within your life. There's nothing that you can hide from him. So what is the problem? The problem that we have when we lose that conviction in the presence of Yehovah, how is it? We can walk in so much sin. It's because we've forsaken Yehovah. We're for, we've forsaken the Lord. So how do we get back to that place? We've got to recognize that he is here. He is with us. And, you know, look, it says in, in Romans chapter 8, there is no condemnation for those who are in Yeshua the Messiah. It doesn't say there's no condemnation if you're born again. It says if you're in Messiah. But but listen, if you're outside of Messiah, be condemned with the sin and the things that's going on and come to a place of repentance so that we walk that walk of no condemnation in Messiah. Why? Because we're forgiven. We're not going from the east to the west to inquire of other gods. We're allowing the sin as far as the east is from the west. So far does he remove his sin from us. You know, we remember more about our sin life than the Father remembers, because he's cast it away. He's looking at us through the blood of Yeshua, and this is not a greasy grace message. It's understanding the victory of the transformation. That yoke of slavery is off. And someone needs to hear this today. That yoke of slavery is off you in the name of Yeshua. It's coming off. Some some of you, it needs to come off right now. Yes, you're born again. I know you're born again. Yes, you love Yeshua. But you know what? You've been entangled with the wrong yoke. And it's it's trying to bring you down to destroy your testimony, to destroy your faith and destroy your walk. And you've got to say that this yoke needs to be cast off me right now in the mighty name of Yeshua. It's time to walk in freedom. So verse uh, 26, it says, As a thief is disgraced when he is caught, so the people of Israel are disgraced. And, you know, this is another thing we've got to think about everything's okay uh, with with what we say and how we operate until you're embarrassed because you're caught. Then what are you going to do? You can't deny it then. Uh, You might have been denying things all the way along, but then this embarrassment uh, of being caught brings us into another place. It brings us into a place of disgrace. It brings us into a place where we recognize, you know what? What is done in secret will be released from the rooftops. You know, and this is what we've got to to realize. And look, this is not, uh, you know, th- this is not a message of, you know, you just watch what's going to happen. You know, I remember preaching in a, a fellowship in Missouri and um, the pastor invited me to speak. And, and, and I got up and I prophesied what is done in secret will be released in this season. And it almost wrecked the leadership of his fellowship. It almost wrecked him he says he called me up he said I can't believe it man the worship leaders have gone this one's gone <laughs> another one's <laughs> like all of a sudden the exposure of the sin just just all opened up it's like what what is going on this is incredible and that's how quickly things can happen so if you're on a road that's taking you in the wrong direction stop in the name of Yeshua <laughs> you know stop. Stop what you're doing and say, Father, I humble myself before you. Will you set me free? Will you release me from what I'm experiencing? So, so don't come in the presence of Yahovah and say, huh, "I'm not defiled. I'm not running after bales." Don't come into the presence and lie before Yehovah. We had an uh, Anais and Sapphira, You know what? What did they do? They, they, they exaggerated about their giving they said oh I, I we gave everything you know everything that we got we gave and uh, they lied before the Holy Spirit what happened to them they were taken out and the fear of Yehovah the awe of Elohim was revealed before them wow powerful powerful so how we operate before Yehovah don't be a liar before Elohim just be truthful to him and say you know what there's things I need to deal with. There's stuff I'm going through. I'm not going to come into your courts. I'm not going to come into your presence with a deceptive spirit, with a lying tongue. I want to walk in your fullness. I want to experience the richness of your glory. The whole reason Jeremiah is saying these things is not because he hates the people. And it's not, you know, he has compassion and he has love. And he, he's proclaiming this, you know, in the hearing of Jerusalem. You know, he's making this word known. He's like, listen, you've got to hear this. You've got to understand this word. You've got to see this, how Yehovah sees it. He knows what's going on. Nothing is hidden from him. He sees everything. He sees everything. And how do we learn to be at peace in the spirit? and walk in the ways of Yahovah and experience His goodness. Now, we all fall short. Of course we do. We all have things in our life, areas of weakness, areas of challenge. But, you know, this is our opportunity, and this is what I love about the feast, the heartbeat of Yahovah, as we apply our lives to the feast, you know what it does? It brings us into the order of the Spirit, the challenge of the Spirit, where these are appointed times in the presence of Yehovah. For what purpose? So that we understand what it truly means to walk in righteousness before a mighty God that we can submit to him, that we can come near to him. The Shabbat is also a feast day. It's an appointed time to be set aside. It's not just a time for you to have a rest and have a sleep. It's a time to be in his presence and to receive from him. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. I don't know where we're up to, but maybe, oh yeah, disgrace there. Uh, Yeah, verse 26. As a thief is disgraced when he is called, So the people of Israel are disgraced. They, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets. Listen, there's no level that's not going to have to deal with the reality of Elohim. So just recognize that, you know, this is not God saying, well, you know, I'm feeling convicted about what's going on in my life, you know. The word of Yehovah is coming out to everyone in every place, even from the king's palace all the way through to the to the man and the woman on the streets, right? Everyone. You know, he's he's not going to uh say, well, you know, my my appointed ones, you know, th- I'm not going to judge them, I'm just going to judge the people. No, no, no. He he the judgment begins first in the house of Yehovah, yeah? That's where it begins. They say To wood, you are my father, and to stone, you gave me birth. They have turned their backs on me and not their faces. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? Turned their backs, but not their faces. So I'm making it look like I'm still walking with you. (laughs) Why don't you just accept me? I'm just broken. I'm just a human. I'm just whatever. (laughs) We're a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. Yet, when they're in trouble, they say, come and save us. You know, they're not going to get salvation from false gods. Yeah? Come and save us. Where, then, are the gods that you made for yourself? Let them come if they can save you when you are in trouble. For you, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns. Why do you bring charges against me? You have all rebelled against me. See, Something happened, uh, even with the righteous kings and uh, from the outside of of, of what looked like. Uh, you know, they dealt with everything on the outside, made, made sure it looked like everything was in place. But really, again, it always comes back to the motivation of the heart. And this is why we need the circumcision of the heart, not the circumcision of the flesh. Because your flesh can be circumcised, But that doesn't mean that you're recognizing the work of the Spirit, the work that Elohim is doing. But when we have the circumcision of the heart, it's another level. It's another level because our heart is towards Yehovah. And this is what I want to get to more than anything today, is that we truly have a heart after him. I want our hearts to be aligned before Yehovah. For you, Judah, have many gods as as you have towns. Why do you bring charge against me? You have all rebelled against me, declares Yehovah. In vain I punished your people. They did not respond to correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a ravenous lion. You of this generation, consider the word of Yahovah. Have I been a desert to Israel, or a land of great darkness? Why do my people say, "We, we are free to roam"? We will come, and you, uh, um, we will come to you no more. Does a young woman forget her jewels, a bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me for days without number. Man, I tell you, how skilled you are at the pursuing of love. Even the worst of women can learn from your ways. Wow. These are powerful words. These are powerful words. But I want you to picture as Jeremiah is speaking this. He's not standing up there going, wah, wah, wah. He's, he's, he's proclaiming this from a place of brokenness. Your pursuit of love and the lust of your flesh, man, even the worst of women can learn from your ways. But you're just like that donkey. You're just like that camel. That's what he's saying. On your clothes is found lifeblood of the innocent poor, though you did not catch them breaking in. Yet in spite of all this, you say, I am innocent. He is not angry with me, but I will pass judgment on you because you say, I have not sinned. We've got to recognize the sin. We've got to recognize what's going on around us. And we've we've got, we can't just have this mentality, you know, I'm innocent. I've not done anything. I'm not that. You can't lie before Yahovah. And the fear of the Lord, man, it's so powerful, isn't it? The fear of the Lord. Is so amazing within our lives. Don't lose the awe of Yahovah within your life. Why do you go about so much? Why do you go about so much changing your ways? You will be disappointed by Egypt, as you were with Assyria. You will also leave the place with your hands on your head, for Yahovah has rejected those you trust. You will not be helped by them. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for such a deep place, you know. And I, I want you to picture how do we minister to the brokenhearted? We want to minister to the brokenhearted with the words of righteousness, of listen. There's nothing worse than being caught in a place of lying to yourself, thinking that everything is good, everything's in place, it's all going good, I'm innocent, I don't deserve this, I, you know, God should be giving me all the blessings, you know, but if you choose the path of evil, if you choose a sinful walk, you're going to discover the disappointment, you're going to discover that it's not going to bring about the fruitfulness of what it truly means to walk in that place of obedience. So don't forget the portion of Scripture I read from Leviticus chapter 26 about the importance of our obedience. And, you know, verse 9 to verse 13, just uh, enjoy that portion. Even read from verse 1 verses uh, through to to verse 13 because the second part of uh, chapter 26 starts going on about dealing with the punishment for disobedience. So we see that in the Torah, Yahweh has already put out the, the keys and instructions and how we can live right, how we can break through in the presence of Yahweh, how we can experience His blessings. Do we see the love of Yahweh today? Do we have the love of Yahweh for those in a place of sin? for those in a place of brokenness. You know, you're going to spend all your time just judging people and just saying, oh, I'm glad I'm not like them. You know, that's what the religious did. I'm glad I'm not like that tax tax collector uh, praying next to me. Oh, yeah, I'm not like him. Who are we in Messiah? Do we care for the broken? Are we ready to take up our execution stake and follow him? You know, uh, in Psalm 63, it says, You, Elohim, or my Elohim, earnestly I seek you. I first for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I'm not going to build a system. I'm not going to forsake you, Father. I'm not going to find the answer to my breakthrough in the place of this world's provision. I'm not going to do it by my hand but what am I going to do? I'm going to earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land. Yeah, I recognize what I'm living in. I recognize what's going on around me. There might not be any war, but I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I tell you, if I just wasn't attached to all these cables right now, I might just get up and run around the block and come back in 10 minutes, you know? Just picture that. I've seen you in the sanctuary. I've beheld your power and your glory because what? Your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richness of food. Oh, Holy Spirit, pour upon our lives today. Pour upon us right now, the richness of your bounty. May we have rejoicing lips. May we stand and recognize who you are. Yes, things might not be great around you. We're living in a place of war right now, but you know, we're not going to be in fear in the midst of war. There's no water. We don't have all the provisions and all the things that we want, even in ministry, even in the things that we're doing in life. But you know what? In this dry and parched land, (laughs) what's important is that I long for you. What's important that I understand because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. You want to be free from the 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 tanglements and uh the the assignments of the enemy to break your life down. Maybe you've 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 made terrible decisions in parts of your life. Maybe you've sinned so bad you think, man goodness me, yeah, I know there's grace. I know God has uh saved me from that place, but you know, you still have the consequences of the effects of the sin within your life. Yes, you're forgiven, but those consequences are still there. There's still, you know, you still see the scars. It still goes deep emotionally. But from that place, will you recognize how the love of God, how his love has brought you through? The very price that Yeshua paid for you has brought you through. Yes, those consequences are still there, but do you realize how much you're forgiven? Do you realize how much you are free? So how do we walk in that freedom of the spirit to bring transformation to this generation? This is a love that was coming out of Jeremiah's heart as he spoke these words in chapter 2 of jeremiah and all through all, all through the first 20 chapters oh goodness me you know look there is hope within jeremiah there is words of encouragement man we have the most incredible picture of the new covenant glory to yehovah you know jeremiah was not just all doom and gloom and oh this is awful there was some incredible things that came forth from jeremiah you know amazing things Uh, that came forth and of course there's a lot of misquotes from Jeremiah as well how people have used you know cut and paste Christianity to get a nice little verse out for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you declares the Lord but what they forget about is the 70 years to get there (laughs) oh yeah let's just talk about the thoughts and plans you have for me in the midst of that place listen there's repentance but you still have the consequences of what you've gone through And sometimes that's difficult. It's not always easy how you've got to manage the effects of what has happened within our lives. But as I read Psalm 63, these first few verses, of course, you can go on and read the whole chapter. It's so amazing. But really, all I want to do is I want us to get us to that place where we recognize, even in the midst of the hard word that Jeremiah is bringing. I want you to see the desire of Yahovah in the midst of it. You know, Jeremiah's desire wasn't to have uh, or wasn't about supernatural revival. Hey, I'm the prophet of the Lord. Man, he touched my lips. He cleansed me. He gave me his word for you. So that means revivals here. (laughs) Every time Jeremiah spoke, what did he say? Hey, listen, guys, listen, I'm telling you how it is, but get ready embrace for impact. Embrace for impact. Why? Because you're not going to turn. You're going to find yourself cast out of the land. You're going to be exiled from the land. And when you find yourself in that place, you're going to remember all the things that I've spoken about right now. And the king, what did he want to do? Cut up the scrolls and the words of Jeremiah and burn them right in front of them. And there's Barak having to go out and rewrite them all again. <laughs> no, no, we're going to rewrite those words. We're going to make sure they're they're kept. You know, it doesn't matter. Even if you're a king and you want to try and destroy the word of Yahovah. his word will stand. Embrace for impact. You know, we look at what's going on around us and, yeah, our desire in our heart is that we see revival. But what if the very place where he has put us right now, the fruit is not the, the most major outpouring of the Spirit? What happens if it's the brokenness and the judgment of Yehovah? Are you going to be okay with that? I know that there's a time coming where we have to see the transformation in the land of Israel. And that's what I believe we are in this country for. For such a time as this, that we will witness, that we will stand in the gap, we will pray. You know, the Holy Spirit has opened their eyes in the land of Israel. That's transformed our lives in in so many ways, um, supernaturally transformed us. But one thing I see is that God's heart for this land is so powerful it's time for revival. It's time for a breakthrough. Now, I do have scriptures that back it up. I do have scriptures that say, I'm going to pour out my spirit in the land of Israel. I believe it's the greatest love story never told. And uh, it was it was funny that last night, I think it was, I saw uh, Jennifer Lopez or something, some advert came up. Uh, I don't know if it was on Amazon or something. It came up and her new movie is The Greatest Love Story Never Told. I'm like, hey, you stole my title. That's my word. <laughs> you know, The Greatest Love Story Never Told is understanding who we are, that we truly are Israel and what the Father is going to do here in the land of Israel, that we, our identity is as Israel. We are not the church. Hallelujah. That We truly are the assembly, the ecclesia. But we truly are Israel, and we need to take up uh, our understanding and what that means and how we apply the Scripture from that basis. All right, so thank you for being patient, listening to me as we took it slowly. Was it kind of southern, the way I took it slowly? I just wanted us to go through those verses, and I wanted us to really embrace that word in a way that we could understand it. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.